to have you joining me on another episode of Dr. Me First. Today, I am talking with Dr. Karen Tyndall. And she's not a medical doctor, but even more importantly, she's an orthodontist. Guys, we are like expanding our professional reach. Whoop, whoop, so excited. She's also from across the lake, and I have a really great conversation about all the professional identity transformation that she's gone through, what she is doing in the world of wellness, and just a lot of fun. So join us in this conversation and then stick around afterwards for my kick of encouragement. All right, here we go. Oh, and also, it was raining that day in Indiana, and there was probably a cow standing on the line somewhere. So it's a little bit scratchy, but you'll get the idea. All right, thanks for your forgiveness. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Karen Tyndall. It's so nice to have you on here, friend. Hi, thank you, Erin. It's really lovely to be here today. All right. Tell the people all about your fabulous self. So my name is Karen and I am originally from England, um, Yorkshire to be specific, which is in the north of England. And I now find myself in Bentonville in northwest Arkansas. Um, so it's a bit of a jump from England, a bit of a change, but we moved here just over four years ago. Um, my husband got a job move over here, so we decided to have the biggest adventure of our lives, and we moved over here to America. Um, in England, I worked as, first of all, as a family dentist and then as an orthodontist, and I loved my job, and it was, it was my passion and when I moved here, I couldn't go to work just because of visa restrictions. So it gave me a lot of time to do some thinking about what I wanted to do. Um, I had a lot of fun along the way, learned a lot about myself. And now I am a coach for physicians and dentists and healthcare professionals. Um, but I have, I have a lovely life and I am really grateful to be where I am. And it's been a bit of a journey but it's been fun. Yeah. And that's where we kind of met is through yeah. Physician Coaching Alliance. You saw it and you're like, oh my God, these are my people. And I've got to yeah. know you through that. And also I have to laugh because when I saw where you were from, I was like, oh my God, she's in like the Walmart Mecca. And then you told yeah. me that is what brought you guys to the States was your husband's job. So I think that's pretty awesome and pretty cool. And yeah, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Your word is purpose. And it kind of came out of your whole loss of professional identity when you translocated. So tell a little bit more about that. You mentioned about um, family dentist and then orthodontist. How long had you been practicing before you guys moved? So in England, you start studying dentistry at a much or medicine at a much younger age than you do here in the United States. So I was 18 when I went to dental school. And I qualified just a couple of days short of my 23rd birthday. So pretty young to be out there being a dentist. So dentistry was all that I'd ever known, really. And I, first of all, was a family dentist for a few years until I had my first daughter. And then we moved closer back to our home where our families were. And this job in orthodontics came up and I was like yeah, this sounds really lovely. I would love to have a go at this. 
and I did. And I fell in love with being an orthodontist. And it was just the best thing. So that was, I qualified in 2000. So I worked as a, in dentistry for nearly just under 16 years um, before then having to move over here. And a lot of people will know that transferring a qualification internationally, like that, a medical or dental qualification, is extremely difficult and lots of hoops to jump through. And I could have done that probably had I been geographically a bit of a better position than where I am being out in Northwest Arkansas. Um, so I had to kind of rethink a lot of things about where I was going to head from this point. Yeah, and with that, tell me about, because to me, I'm like, my heart drops to my gut, like down when I'm like, oh my God, like she gave up orthodontics. Like at, at, at what point in the whole, like struggling to figure out how to transfer all of your qualifications that you realize like this isn't going to happen? I think pretty early on when we knew that we were moving and we were exploring the idea and also I couldn't work because of the sort of visa that I was on as well. I was on a spouse visa which wouldn't allow me to work. So to start off with, it was probably going to be a little bit of a vacation from work for me and just trying something new. I had never been a full-time mum before and I'd probably had in the past, like most of us mums, some mum guilt associated with having to juggle life of being a mum and going to work and being a professional. And so I finished work on New Year's Eve 2015 and I walked out of my orthodontic clinic and that was the last time I picked up dental instruments and the next morning so it was New Year's Day I woke up and my professional identity had gone and that was a really striking moment and I remember sitting in my bed that morning thinking who is Karen and I felt lost to start off with. My initial feeling was I was lost, that I didn't know who I was anymore. But at that point in time, I had so much to organize. I had four weeks to get everything organized before we were packed up to move all our furniture and whole life, our whole life basically into a container. So I had a lot to occupy me at that time. So I didn't really at that point probably miss going to work because I was occupied and I think an international move or any big move even if you're moving within the United States that's a big place when you move there's so much going on and a new life to settle into and establish that at that point in time I probably didn't realize how much I had lost or even maybe that I was going through somewhat of a grieving process surrounding that. I don't think I was aware of that at the time. Mm -hmm. And so you guys made the move. You got to Arkansas. You had culture shock, I imagine. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. And... Where did your journey head next? Did you start exploring right away? Did you kind of just get stuck in like misery of of grieving? Tell me those next, no, next phases. Not at all getting stuck. I think I was so keen and eager to create a new life for all of us. 
not just for myself, but for my children, because I wanted them to settle in quickly, that I had everything organized really quickly that I found extracurricular things that my girls could do. I found volunteer opportunities that before I even arrived, I had secured myself a volunteer position at Horses for Healing. Um, help it's therapeutic riding for children who have special needs and I was already signed up to go and help there so I had my new life already set up and I think I was probably trying to protect myself from not having anything to do so life was really busy um, and I just threw myself into so much and everybody would say to me, gosh, you've settled so fast. How have you managed to, you just, you seem to be doing so much. And I think my advice, if there's somebody else doing that, if to anybody moving such a big distance would be, don't rush into things too quickly. Give yourself a little bit of time to think. Because for those first six months, I didn't really have time to appreciate what I had left behind. Um, and even think about what was it that would make me happy. I was trying to replicate sorting the horse out, looking after other people's horses. And that was part of my life was being around animals and horses that I just thought that's what I had to do to be happy. Um, having left my own horse back in England, but it didn't recreate in the way that I thought it would. And it was then after a while that I started to maybe think I wasn't quite getting it right. So it was, yeah, so then it was, it was an interesting point from there that small little things that would be normal daily tasks when you're going to work. I never used to give a second thought about emptying the dishwasher or folding the laundry or doing those things. But I was quickly becoming the go-to expert in my home of how do you do the laundry, um, emptying the dishwasher. And those were my things that sort of put structure to my day. Whilst before they were just the extras that didn't get any thought in my day and just got done. And I had to, I remember one occasion quite specifically where I had to make up a game for myself to empty the dishwasher. And I said, right, come on, Karen, you have to set a five minute timer and you're going to empty this dishwasher in five minutes. Otherwise it just drags on. And I just had this feeling of, I've just got to get this done, but it almost feels painful to empty the dishwasher. And I would make a timer and I would do it and I would do it in the time and I'd feel good about it. But I had the insight to realize that it probably wasn't the dishwasher that was bothering me. Um, there was something behind all of that. And I think that's when my journey and realization of that, this sense of purpose was missing. And from that point, I was able to then work out what that meant to me. Mm, now you've got me intrigued. Because, you know, that's one thing as a coach, we're always trying to get down under all of it. In medicine, we're always trying to get to the root of the problem. In dentistry, you're literally getting to the root. <laughs> 
so tell me what what was it was it starting to work with your own coach was it finding a particular book or a podcast what was it that helped you I get think underneath for it all? me I like learning and learning on any level really whether it's academic learning whether it's a new skill a new hobby something like that and I also knew that I probably missed going to work just a little bit. I didn't miss Monday mornings and having to get up early or anything like that, but I really missed the interaction that I had with my patients and with my team and with my dental nurses. And I thought, let's see what career I could have for myself now, taking the skills that I've already got, what am I good at? And it very quickly dawned on me that I had spent my whole life being a dentist and all my skills were in relation to doing that one job of, of orthodontics. I was, I can create a smile, I can do braces and straighten teeth, but try to make me a resume of somebody that would go out and get a job. And I probably don't have the computer skills that people would look for in a workforce or I wasn't an expert on windows or anything like that. And I felt like I wasn't good enough to even get a basic job. So I thought, well, I am going to, I want to retrain. I want to do something different. And, but the things that I know about myself is it has to be, I have to work with people. That has to be it. So I did a bit of exploring and came across the idea of doing some coach training. And I did a lot of research on this because I like making a considered decision and I like the, the, I like the information that goes behind making all those decisions. I can't just do it quickly. And I contemplated it for a long time. And I then decided that I would do my life coach training. And I did that. And I think that's where I uncovered my purpose that I knew that I wanted to be a, a life coach, but I, at that point, hadn't delved too deeply into what my purpose was. And that gave me the opportunity to uncover it, was being coached. Isn't it amazing when, when we like retrain, it's more about yeah. getting through our own junk you know, and, and that's how I felt the same thing. And I think most everyone that I've talked to who's done some sort of um, formal coaches training feels the same way. Like there's a, there's a lot of things that until you go through it, you can't help other people go through it. And so you, you have to do, you know, coaching yeah. speak, you have to do the work first type of thing. And so I love that. And so when, when did you decide after you got out of coaching? What's our timeline here? Because you, you left the UK in 2016. Yeah. So this was probably in 2000, at the beginning of 2018, I started toying with the idea of being a coach. And I started my training midway through 2018. And one of the exercises that we had to do was part of our coach training. And they were helping you come up with ideas for a business. And it was a question that was in one of the things I was reading at home that it, I think the question was, what are you passionate about? And I think I was in a bit of a rush one day and I just wrote down a couple of things and I wrote down people, 
cooking, food, my family. And it was, it was a really quick thought. And I knew that I hadn't answered that question fully enough. And it was at the time when I was working with one of my now friends who was on my coaching course at the same time. And we were coaching each other as practice. And she asked me what I wanted to be coached on. And I said, well, there was a question. What are you passionate about? And I just glossed over it. And I, I said, I've written about four words. Like, I'd like to coach about that. And I think that's an interesting thing about coaching is you sometimes don't even need a specific question in your head. You can follow something. And I said, I, I want to talk about that. And she's like, okay, then let's talk about that. And from this question, we spent an hour. We could easily have spent more than an hour talking about what I was passionate about. And it came down if I distill it down to the results of what we got, I love helping people with transformations. And it doesn't matter whether that transformation is taking somebody with a crooked set of teeth and making them a beautiful smile that they're pleased to go away with. It doesn't even have to be a transformation of a person. It could be in, I love cooking and baking, and it's taking the raw ingredients and turning them into something that look completely different and taste amazing. Or it could be growing things in my garden. But it's this idea of starting with raw ingredients and ending up with something fantastic at the end. And a light came, and you'll know what this is like when you're coaching with people, but when you have that aha moment, and I was like, this is it. I love transformations and that's what I want to help people do um, so it took me a while of thinking about who did I want to coach and I coached all sorts of different people and had different ideas but I really felt that I'd come back home to what I knew when I decided that I wanted to be a coach for physicians and dentists and healthcare professionals, because that was an area that I have firsthand experience. I know what it feels like to be in those shoes. So it just felt so right when I landed on that idea. And I felt like I came back to something that I loved that I'd lost because I now feel involved in that again. Uh, so for me, that was, it was just like full circle that it brought me back to doing what I, to the world that I used to love to be in. Well, Karen, I love that so much because it, it really is just an amazing story and journey. And it just gives me even just so much hope, encouragement, and inspiration. Yours is transformation. Mine is transition. I love helping people transition, yeah. whether it's from pregnancy to having a baby, or if it's watching and taking care of as a family doctor, little kids as they become big kids or, um, even my elderly, it's heartbreaking, but I love making the transition easy from home to like nursing home or whatever hospice. I did a lot of that as well. And so that's the theme that I see in my life. And that's what happens too in my coaching is I help people move from a place of burnout, brokenness, and despair to one that is joy-filled and sustainable. And it's amazing when we can stop white knuckling, like this is the only thing I do and take that like 50,000 foot view and be like, oh, I can do this thing that I love in like a thousand different ways. It's just, I have to learn to pivot. Yeah. And so I'm just so, so excited that the magic of the internet brought us together, that you've been able to share your story with my people. And tell us a little bit more about um, bouncedoctor.com and the new guide that you just put out. 
Yeah. So I started balancedoctor.com because I am passionate about helping people be successful professionally, but also thrive personally. And it's that thing that we can do both. We can go to work and we can have a great life at home. It doesn't have to be a balance that is 50-50 because life is continually evolving. And there are some times when you will need to work more at different stages in your life and when you can be at home more. But I, I think where it came from was having been in the position myself where I was juggling everything, trying to be the mom, the professional, the person who looked after the horses and trying to do all these things that I kind of got lost as to who was Karen in all of that. So helping physicians and dentists discover that they can have the life that they want now rather than putting it off later. Um, People are watching their families grow up and they're not there to see it happen and they wish they were or they're spending their time doing extra work that maybe they could like get other people to help them with at home so maybe hiring in help or so it's helping people uncover what their balance is that they can have that life they really want now so talking to my clients a mixture of physicians and dentists and healthcare professionals that are all in there, I was hearing familiar recurrent themes from these people as to the habits that they were taking on in their life as a result of our coaching that were making them happier and more balanced. So I've created a guide with eight of these top tips really that of what these physicians and dentists are doing that's really helping them have that sense of balance in their life that they can be a great mom or a great dad and they can also be a great physician or a great surgeon or whatever at the same time learning how to set up how to establish their boundaries and become that happier person because that's where I think that it really lies is I think part of the secret is is setting those boundaries And once you have the boundary, that's almost like the greatest way to your own personal freedom. And it's those two words are a contradiction, boundary and freedom. But by creating the boundary, you then give yourself your own freedom to live the life that you want it to be the way you want to live it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I'll put that all in the show notes. So if anybody is super interested in it, you just have to click on the show notes. I'll give you a direct link to get you there. And Karen, Dr. Tyndall, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you very much for having me. It's been super fun. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Dr. Karen Tyndall, for coming on the podcast, for showing up and sharing your full story. I know that you've touched someone's heart somewhere. All right. Well, let's get into our kick of encouragement. And today, this comes from a little story that I shared recently when I was doing the virtual conference for women in white coats. So we were doing a burnout session because, you know, that's my expertise and that's what I love. It gets me up in the morning to help other women move from being crispy to having absolute joy and sustainability and fulfillment in their life. So during that conference, we were talking about um, 
just different mantras that it helps and, and, and what people found helpful. And I shared about a story that I had recently heard uh, that was entitled Be the Pebble. And essentially, in a nutshell version of the story, it was talking about going first, plopping into the water first, because you will make ripples and you don't know what kind of effect those ripples will have on other people. But you have to be the catalyst for change. And it doesn't matter if you're a teeny tiny pebble. Go ahead. Go first. Be the pebble. Make the waves. And then eventually we all get a little bit more mass, be it that we grow our business, be it that we expand into new areas that we're able to open up. So today's kick of encouragement is just to remind you to be the pebble because you never know what kind of ripples you will start in a wave effect that will help influence and help promote and help change other people's lives. So my friend, be the pebble. I hope you know how much I truly appreciate you being a listener, being engaged, checking out these podcasts and sharing them. That's the absolute best thing that you do. I I don't really care about five-star reviews. Yeah, I know I'm supposed to, but I really don't. The best thing you could do for me is just share an episode or two with somebody who you think could really benefit from it. So do that for me. Just shoot an email or be like, hey, got to listen to Wild Wise Men. She came up with something crazy today, even if it's something that you totally don't agree with. Hey, I love you. You've got this nice butt. Good work today and hang in there. And also, don't forget, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Heavy lids